Hello, and welcome to the Festival Insider podcast from festivalinsider.com, your number one source of information for international festival travel and tourism, created by the community, for the community. Each show will be discussing topics of interest for our festival goers, from the instructional, from the educational, to the cultural. So no matter whether it's your first time at festival, or your hundredth, kick back and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Festival Insider podcast, your number one source of information for international music festival tourism. Today I'm joined by my friends and fellow music lovers Ash and Graham. Together we'll be assessing the winners of the European Festival Awards 2020 and giving our thoughts on them. Today we're broadcasting from Yes Creative Agency in Portsmouth, so thanks very much to them for having us. Uh, And just to introduce my guests, I'm joined by Ash. Good evening, Chris. And Graham. Hello, Chris. Uh, and as per usual, I think firstly we'll just say, um, what is it that brought us together? How do I know you? And, and what is our sort of shared love of music? So, Ash, to start. Well, we both started at the same marketing agency back in 2011, which seems like a very, very long time ago now. But uh, you know, we've aged a little bit, but we're still looking youthful, still looking good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I mean, we've been friends for you know quite a long time, and it's through a shared love of music, and you know, going out drinking around the local Portsmouth pubs, and you know, long may that friendship continue. There we go, and Graham. Well, I, I worked at the same marketing agency, but we didn't work together, did we? Um, yeah. We we didn't quite cross paths at the marketing agency, but I ended up living with you for just over a year. And we lived in a house that had Smashing Pumpkins posters and Nine Inch Nails posters and Black Rebel Motorcycle Club posters um, and we were probably too old for them. Yeah, <laughs> it was definitely an eclectic collection of posters which was really nice and some very noisy housemates as well, So, um, but that's Portsmouth for you. Um, so what we're going to cover today is looking at the European Festival uh, Awards. They are the annual celebration uh, of some of the continent's most esteemed festivals uh, and the people who put them on. Um, They've been established just over 10 years and I think people do pay attention, I definitely do, um, to festival awards. If we're told, you know, this is the biggest um, music festival in Europe or this is the most specialised music festival for this kind of genre, it does make people pay attention, me definitely. Um, So I think we're going to have a look at these uh, and, and just work our way through really and assess where we might want to go based on these ones. Just a little bit about the awards. Um, they are from 30 countries and 350,000 festival goers have submitted uh, a casting vote to, to make these guys the winner. So um, well done to everyone. Um, firstly though, I guess before we get stuck into that, it might be worth just sort of looking at what's going on in the world generally um, with a certain virus um, with the name Corona. Um, and it is having a bit of an impact in early March we're recording this in now. Um, how do you guys feel about Corona possibly interrupting your year this year? I think it's going to have a huge effect, if I'm honest. You just have to look at the, the festivals that are currently looking at being postponed or are postponed already. You know, the, the big one in America that we've just seen reports today of Coachella possibly getting postponed until uh, October. That's probably the premier music festival in America. And you have to think 
you know, if it's going to have the same effect in Europe, you've got to think about all points east in London. You've got to think about uh, British summertime as well, and all of the acts that are coming over. And not even just the big festivals, but the smaller festivals and the local concerts that happen in the area as well. If the if artists um, take precautions and decide not to come and tour Europe, then what effect is that going to have on the the local economy and the local gig venues and and you know some smaller bands that may not be able to survive if they do have a, sort of a big tour booked uh, in Europe? Are they going to have to cancel? Or what money are they going to get back? There's so many questions that just don't have answers at the moment so yeah we're in a bit of a precarious situation at the moment yeah it's it, it's massive i think um it, it's a about the smaller festivals you've got a really good point there it's definitely um those guys who might struggle at the moment as far as i'm aware through what i've read in the papers you can't insure against these kind of uh, infectious diseases so so no one's going to be able to do it um i guess it would just come down to the festival goers choice to decide whether to go to them if they still happen um well i mean in in europe they're banning um crowds of over 100 or over 500 so you know festival goers or concert goers may not even have a choice in the matter because the government rules suggest that you're not allowed to crowd in these areas that's going to cancel those gigs mm. It's a huge risk to take as well, isn't it? Because one, one festival organiser carries on and they make that decision to go ahead despite the risks and despite maybe not being insured or something and that goes wrong, then that's the brand gone, surely. Mm. It's, it's a reputation to uphold and there's a lot of people at stake. So it's, it's, got to be, it's a hard decision to make for these festival organisers. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, I guess we'll just, uh, like most of you, just keep a, a watching brief on what happens. Um, so looking at the European Festival Awards, which were announced in late January for the winners, uh, the first one we're going to look at is the Best Indoor Festival, which is the Reeperbahn Festival in Germany. Um, it runs in September and is a very reasonably priced £94. Um, the thing that struck me about Reaper Barn, guys, is that it's in a multiple venue sort of festival, which seems to be more popular now, especially in cities. Uh, what's your kind of experience or knowledge of, you know, festivals which span an entire city or an entire, you know, block? You know, have you been to anything like that? Well, there's being a, a Portsmouth local, there's quite a few that have happened in Portsmouth during my time here. You've got South Sea Fests, which has covered quite a number of venues across. Um, Albert Road and Elm Grove, which are two uh, quite um, populous roads with uh, local bars and local venues in the area. Um, the local Portsmouth Psych Fest is moving from one venue to multiple venues this year, and so they're definitely growing in popularity, at least in Portsmouth anyway. <laughs> I've done a couple. I've done, uh, I did Camden Rocks, I can't remember what it was called before. I went before it changed the name. Um, spread across Camden, which is a pretty perfect place to have to have bands playing, seeing as there's so many venues. Um, I did Liverpool Sound City a few a few years ago. Also great, they, they kind of take over a mix of arenas, small venues, I saw bands in car parks and on buses. It's, they just kind of make use of the space that's around. And I'm, mm. I'm a big fan of it because it's, you don't have to think about the weather, for example. Mm. They, don't, they haven't got to set up all these new bars and, and all that kind of thing. You can kind of 
go through a city and experience its music scene in the space of one or two days and just pick up on what you hear it's, I think it's a great idea yeah you also don't have to camp as well which for me <laughs> is I do love going to festivals but camping you know it's really not for me as a 30 year old man now yeah we're on the wrong side of 30 I'm it's all Airbnbs from here I think you guys are right definitely with the I think getting a view of the city is really good as well. Like, if you have to move around, it's really nice to see other parts of the city and what they have to offer. And I guess it's more of a... You get more of the community involvement in a way. It's quite nice, a, a musical event taking over a city um, and not being shipped off to an airfield somewhere, which um might touch on a bit later. Um, so Rupert Festival is in Hamburg. Um, you've been to one of the venues that were Graham? Yeah, I went in. I went in 2017. Um, I went over specifically to see the band Manchester Orchestra, um, who I'm a big fan of. I've seen a few times. Um, I'm guessing that they're not quite as big in in Germany because they they were playing this this club called the Molotov Club, which is directly on the Reeperbahn. Um, held about 300 people would be my guess. No barrier between us and the stage. It was kind of one of those stages that reaches shin knee height type type thing um, and everyone was respectful and last night of their european tour as well so there was, there was a great atmosphere in there um, but i mean the reaper barn in general is a lot of fun on a on a normal day from my experience of it so i can only imagine how tens of thousands of people is, is going to make it it sounds like the perfect place to hold a multi-venue festival with with all those venues of such close proximity offering something so different and with the Reaper Barn Festival it's not just music as well it's you know arts it's literature it's film so there's so much more available than just music mm. and that's another one of the, the positive points of this festival and maybe one of the reasons why it won as well okay so there's a definite thumbs up um, we, we agree um, uh, and we have had experience of going to Germany ourselves haven't we guys um, for Asher Stagdi actually Berlin so in 2015 great times if I could remember many of, much of yeah, it yeah I think we'll, great times we'll leave some of that storytelling in, in Berlin for now and we'll come back to it a bit later <laughs> so uh, looking down at the list the next one um, the best new festival voted was No Sleep Festival which sounds great uh, it's Serbia if you are a night owl it's put on by the same guys who run Exit and Sea Dance uh, I believe it's an autumn festival, so it's slightly different being in November, um, and it's pretty new still. Um, the attendance is, is quite small, we're talking about 7,000 people or so. Um, similar sort of thing involving a multi-city venue, um, but I think let's, let's have a little look at No Sleep Festival. Uh, let's watch a video and then come back with some more thoughts on it. Belgrade in Serbia, unlike Exit, which is in Novi Sad. It's going to kick off in a second. <laughs> <laughs> Bring the lights. Yeah. It looks like a conference as well. Makes me want to, sorry, come on. It makes me want to visit Belgrade, <laughs> <laughs> at least. 
It's not for this. Is it a dance music festival? Or is it everything? I think it specialises in dance, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's mainly DJs, yeah. It's definitely a dance festival. Question okay. <laughs> answered. Well, they, they still wear sunglasses indoors, it's one of those sort of festivals. <laughs> I'm not cool enough for this. <laughs> so it does look like one massive club event. Um, yeah. I don't know, but again, this is meant to have multiple venues, but... It all seems, from this seems video, like seems... To be in one place. Yeah, that must be like the main stage, I guess. They probably have other little outlets. This definitely seems more in your realm than the Minecraft. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. 2020 on Chris is going to I'm I'm there 10 years ago. (laughs) I think I could still do it. Good for them. I think the guys who put on Exit were really cool. All the festivals have been really, really good from what I've seen and been to. And reaching out into other parts of Serbia, I think it's just good for that country. So, um, what's yeah. what's Exit like for kind of lineups, similar kind of stuff? Or? Yeah. So they uh, the times I've been, um, it's been New Order, Guns N' Roses, Duran Duran, Pet Shop Boys, Skrillex. Um, it's quite eclectic. Some of it could, yeah, you could have been there in the 80s and then you could be there in the 2000s. So I really like how they do bring some very old established acts together with some really new ones. But then they've got, they've got probably, I think it's the biggest dance stage in the world for their, their nighttime stage. That's their alternative stage at Exit. And that's held in a place called the Petrovadian Fortress in Novi Sad, which is an amazing venue. It's just like being in a really big castle. Um, so it's, some bits are a bit tough underfoot, but yeah. So no, good good work from them, I think. Um, Chris, as a new father, would you say that every day is a no sleep festival for uh, you? Yeah, <laughs> the festival of no sleep is having children. <laughs> I was going to say when I go to festivals, I quite like to sleep. Yeah. So yeah. this this isn't. I'm the one that, that worries about whether I'm actually going to get sleep over the five or six <laughs> days that I'm there. So for a festival to be called No Sleep, I don't think I'm the target audience. I think we need to go <laughs> to find like the All Sleep Festival yeah. or something like that for Graham. If I'm not um, back in my tent by midnight after the head on, I get very <laughs> cranky. Yeah. Do you know, at Exit Festival, they do start it at, I think, 10 o'clock at night it opens. So the headline doesn't go on till 12. So this seems like a natural progression. And one night I did no sleep at Exit, um, and yeah, it just sort of knocked me out for a week, really. Um, chasing around pigeons in the morning, that was that was a low point. I think, <laughs> I think that needs elaborating on just slightly more. I think uh, next time, I think. I think. Save that for the pigeon podcast. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, looking at the next festival we've got, um, the best medium-sized festival is Electric Castle in Romania. Um, I was saying to you guys just before we started, Romania is a country which really interests me. A um, few reasons. Again, it's a bit like kind of a Serbia to me, being from the UK. 
I'm not familiar with Romania, it's kind of it's tourism, it's geography, it's people, it's culture, nothing really. Um, obviously Transylvania is one of their regions and this festival takes place in Transylvania, Banafi Castle, I'm not sure about the pronunciation. Um, and that is appealing in itself, like going to Dracula's hometown. Um, not to racially stereotype or uh, get any monster <laughs> stereotypes in there, Romania. But um, And also it's a cheap country too, looking at the, the price of a ticket here. It's only £125 for four days, which again, versus a UK festival, uh, Glastonbury this year is 270 So this is less than half the price of Glastonbury and I'm pretty sure the flight will be cheap as well. I think the Eastern European festivals in areas like Romania, they're just going to get more and more popular as people look towards getting value from the festival ticket. I mean, like you said with Glastonbury, it's, you know, you're not getting much change from £300 and that's just for the ticket. And you can get a flight to Romania, get your festival ticket and then pay for a few £1 beers from that £300 as well. So. You know, as more and more people look to those sorts of festivals and getting that sort of value, they're just going to become more and more popular, as we've seen by the the festival winning the the medium sized festival award. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I I pulled up just again, not knowing anything about Romania, some some bizarre facts which I thought might be uh, worth worth going through. Um, so Romania is home to the world's heaviest building. Um, Incredible. How, how do you measure that? I don't know. I, I don't know. But apparently, it's three and a half thousand tons of crystal. I don't know how much crystal weighs. Uh, Seven hundred thousand tons of steel and bronze. That just seems so, obscene. I guess that's that's why it's all that pucker material is um, <laughs> is weighing it down. All those luxury goods. Um, there's a road that it has as well, which is often featured in Top Gear. I think everyone's seen this road if you watch that program. Um, the UK version. Go on, try and pronounce Back that. Back on Chris. BBC. Um, what is the road called? The, the Transfagasan Highway. That's a great effort. Yeah. Thanks. It's easier to say it's in the mountain pass of the Southern Carpathians. But, um, um, and then this stat, I think, uh, really stands out to a festival goer. Um, Romania is the fifth booziest country in the world um, behind Belarus, Russia, Moldova and Lithuania. So... Um, it's my kind of festival, definitely, uh, and it might be yours if you like to drink. Um, what else? Yeah, 4G network, envy of the world. The answer to Mount Rushmore looks okay. very interesting. Who's on there? Who's on the Romanian Mount Rushmore? You can say this one. De, de, de Cibulus? The last king of Dacia who fought against the Roman Empire. That's as good a reason as any to have your own Mount Rushmore okay. in Romania. There's a rock of a face in on the uh, on the River Danube as well, um, and it also ripped off the Hollywood uh, sign apparently as well. So um, do look for some pictures of that online. But let's actually watch a video about Electric Castle, and then we'll um, give some more credible opinions about what we think about Electric Castle. Seven minutes long. They've got a lot to show. Mm. Well, the best small festival was two minutes. This is seven minutes. We're expecting like an hour documentary for the best largest festival. This is the largest concentration of people coming to share their music. I've camping ash. I'm out. Yeah. I'm gonna have to sit this one out. 
Nice big indoor dance tent. Ferris wheel, good for the kids. Ice skating, that's a bit different. I think every medium festival has to have a Ferris wheel or some kind of fairground attraction. Otherwise it's just simply not a festival. One of those sketchy looking big arm things that just kind of... Oh absolutely, around. That, just, uh, that are just insanely loud and go out through the night. I like this. Sound incredibly grouchy. <laughs> Run by somebody who's only yeah, there for the free ticket. <laughs> <laughs> There's some neon shoes in here. I like the um, when you get sky bars in festivals. Um, you know, they lift you up on a crane and you have a drink around a table. Oh, I've seen this. I've seen They're awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's become quite a thing now. Is this in the UK? Have you seen this? Uh, what, a sky bar? Yeah. Uh, I went on one in Hungary, but yeah, they have them. Okay. You can do them in London here, but um, it's yeah, festivals and stuff. Stage, Is that the main stage? It's beautiful. Uh, yeah, I, I guess so. It appears to be in a wooded area as well. Oh, wow. It's quite nice. Where the castle is a central kind of point. I mean, they've, they've made it look like a lot of fun. I guess that was the goal of this video, though. Yeah. They've done a good job. A lot of young Just people. <laughs> find what you love and do it with all your heart. We really need to feel like hope again. But we constantly try to stay in the lake. They're quite big on the fairground rides. I think that's going to be my... Um... Oh, yes. Freddie D. All right, now I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. I didn't that, see anyone kind of from that sphere on the latest lineup. <laughs> no. Oh, that's the main stage. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If we can continue to walk in the tunnel, definitely we can see snow rides. Limbiscuit really is the ultimate guilty pleasure band. Yeah, especially for especially a festival. Line. Oh, what a festival band they are. On that basis alone, they should win Best Medium Size Festival, I think. So, uh, congratulations <laughs> to you, Electric Castle. Okay, we're going to look at Best Small Festival next. We're staying in Romania for that. Jazz in the Park, Romania. Um, I've been practicing this because I can't speak Romanian. Um, Cluj Napoca, I think it is. Do we have the correct pronunciation? Ah, oh, that was me wanting to get the pronunciation of it. Cluj-Napoca. That was not bad. Not bad. I think it did pretty Spoken well. like a true Romanian. Thank you. Next, it'll be two beers, please. And where is the jazz festival? <laughs> um, so this takes place this year on June the 25th to June the 28th. In Central Park, in Cluj-Napoca. And it's free, which I think is probably one of the most impressive things about it. And I definitely don't know anyone that's playing. I recognise Anna Calvin. Kamasi Washington. He's incredible. I don't know much about jazz, if I'm honest. Do any of us? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not a huge amount. Not a huge amount, though. It's definitely like, not my strong point. I feel like it's still to come in my life. 
I think this is what happens when we stop camping, which we've already done. Uh, Once you reach Chris's age, Graham, yeah, <laughs> and then when we start designing, we want to take the kids to the festival. And on a serious note, actually, like I think during the daytime, it does look like a good place for kids as well. Um, we've got some more footage up at the moment, but some of the shots that I've seen elsewhere, and because it's in their main park in the the town, the city, um, it's really, really open to everyone. So I really like that giving back to the community aspect of it, I think it's quite nice. It looks like a really pleasant place to, to spend a weekend. It looks incredibly relaxing. Yeah. Which I like. It's not what I associate festivals with. No, definitely <laughs> not. the last time I relaxed at a festival. Yeah. It looks comforting. It feels like I've been there all my life. <laughs> <laughs> this is us patronising jazz music fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you want to send any hate mail, then my Twitter handle is at yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they have some some uh, headliner bangers as well. But I think just if that's what they consider a small festival, I think that's really nice, and it's really um, the community aspect really gets me. I think that's exactly what you want from a, a small festival. I mean, the price obviously the price point is is incredible. It's for the those. cheapest on the list. <laughs> Couldn't be much better. Could not be much better. And um, no, I think, yeah, it looks extremely pleasant. Extremely pleasant. There you go. So that's uh, the best small festival, um, Jazz in the Park Romania. Congrats to you. And I guess at the opposite end of the spectrum, um, moving to one of the absolute goliaths of the festival world is, is Glastonbury. Um, so being in the UK, we know Glastonbury extremely well. And again, I'm sure our European and American uh friends and, and listeners as well will also heard of Glastonbury. Glastonbury won for lineup of the year at the Festival Awards um, and last year's lineup was based on The Killers, The Cure, Stormzy, which if you guys remember I think wasn't Stormzy a controversial headliner? Well it was his, his biggest show to date. It was um, his first, uh, I think it might have been his first headliner at a festival uh, and what what a festival to do it at the Holy Grail I remember there was a lot made about his um, appearance on the night as well because he wore wasn't it Banksy I think did the um, great well the, the UK um, union flag uh, on a, a stab vest which we is quite in, political yes. at the time we were in the midst of election chaos yeah some would say we're still not out of yeah um, but we'll save that for the, the politics podcast coming soon yeah. <laughs> Graham, what's your sort of um, take on the lineup last year? Would you have gone? Do you feel like you missed out, Glastonbury? I can look at this lineup and pick out a fair few names that I would go and watch. There's, there's stuff on there that I'm intrigued by. I would have liked to have seen Billie Eilish. Um, Cat Power, I'm a big fan of, and I've seen before. Uh, she disappointed when I went to, to see her headline. I would like to, to have that. Uh, have another go with that baby metal there's some interesting names on there but there's so much more at Glastonbury beyond that mm. lineup. Like, mm. I, I genuinely feel you could go to Glastonbury for the whole time and not go to any of like the, the obvious stages you could spend time in the cabaret tent in the in uh, going to watch comedy or kind of theatre and, and see all these different things um, so it's not just about the music um, it's definitely not. The first time, I mean, I've been four times now um, consecutively for three of them. 
and I have still not seen everything um, by any means. You know, you could spend a whole weekend in one sort of part of the festival if you wanted to go to the Stone Circle or uh, that kind of uh, more um, bohemian side of things. You can you can just spend your time there. Um, I haven't been to Glastonbury just yet. It's always been on my list, but it's it's my white whale. I really, really want to go. I've been saying to a friend for the last 10 years, next year is our year. We'll go next year and we just never get organised enough to buy the tickets because uh, you have to register in advance uh, with photo ID and uh, all sorts before you're eligible to buy a ticket. We just never get organised enough. Yeah. Um, I, think, I mean, the beauty of Glastonbury is that even if you only have a passing interest in music, there's still at least 10 or 15 bands that are going to interest you, whether you like some of the more mainstream Radio 1 artists, whether you're really into your heavy metal or punk or ska or reggae, whatever you like, there will be something that will interest you. And I think that's why it's one of the most, or it is the premier festival in the, in the world. I don't think that's, that's a controversial thing to say at all. No, I think you're right. And I think that's what makes it so enduring is that variety of acts. Definitely. I've, I've been once, I went in 2014, and I think it's the, the only major festival I've been to without spending any time watching the main stage headlines. I went and found different things to watch. Um, I think that year, it was the Metallica year, so there was Metallica, Kasabian, and Arcade Fire. I mean, there's always going to be controversy around acts, isn't there? Uh, like headliner acts, because everyone thinks, who who's actually big enough to headline Glastonbury if mm. it's if it wasn't David Bowie when he last last played or, or something like that everyone's going to question it um, I mean just think back to Jay-Z when he was announced to the headliner and I remember all sorts of fear of being around him being the, the headliner and then he came out and did the uh, the Oasis cover to start and just won everybody over before he'd even played a song and uh, from what I recall that was one of the first Glastonbury's that didn't sell out immediately um, but I think he won everybody over in the end and now that's just started the trend of those big big mainstream artists especially the, the pop and um, hip-hop artists headlining Glastonbury that really was the uh, yeah. yeah the start that was yeah he was definitely the breakthrough act for some genres which weren't otherwise covered at Glastonbury's headline material. I think what's interesting as well, as you say, about, you know, you can win people over quite quickly, any one of those headliners. When I remember watching The Killers, this lineup last year, um, bringing on, uh, like, guests or doing a cover song, if you're a headliner, it does go down really, really well um, sometimes. So, um, I mean, I think my first year, a few of the acts were playing Radiohead almost in tribute to the fact they were going to be playing, um, which was cool. And, um, and the Killers, I think they maybe did two or three different um, kind of duets with people and stuff. So it's quite cool when you do get the unexpected and the headlines bring on people. And then on the other side, you get acts like The Cure or Stormzy who have got so much uh, you know, self-belief and a back catalogue in the case of The Cure that they can just go and play for two hours and don't need... Sorry, that sounds quite dismissive to The Killers, you know, like they need backup. But, you know, you, you do get some really good diverse acts there, you know, even on that line below. I think the year I went, the, one of the biggest successes from that weekend was Dolly Parton, which was on Sunday afternoon. It was the that, that kind of special slot that they use on Sunday afternoon. It got a huge crowd and it got amazing reviews. Um, 
So you don't you don't necessarily if you're going to Glastonbury you don't necessarily have to look at the top of the lineup. Um, it's it's kind of I think it pays to spend a bit more time in, in the afternoons and just kind of wandering the site. It's so big. I love seeing who's going to play that Sunday afternoon legend slot. Yeah, in one of the, one of the best ones that I saw. Oh, you know, albeit on television, was Lionel Richie uh, when he just played the hits from his his Vegas tour. And this man has still got it. He still he hasn't lost it. He's still got it. <laughs> what I, what I would do to see him live? Well, buy a ticket, I suppose, is the obvious <laughs> one. I think if it's in the case of Glastonbury, it is by a particularly expensive ticket. But I think <laughs> we've we've discussed it's well worth it. Um, Moving on to uh, the next festival on our list um, is the Green Operations Award, which is a, a, an interesting title, but that sort of concept of a green festival is becoming more and more important, I think. It, it seems to be something which the festivals are making more of a uh, marketing effort on. Um, we were speaking just before about, you know, again, there's a massive difference in which country you go to as to the sort of level of green you get in the UK you might get a reward incentive of 5p, um, as Graham was saying, something like that for, you know, collecting hundreds of cups. Um, whereas I was prepared to pick up, this says a lot about me actually, prepared to pick up, you know, 20 cups for a, for a beer when I was in, um, <laughs> in um, Belgium. So, yeah, it, I, those incentives I think work, but there's so much a festival can do nowadays to make itself green. How do you guys feel about green festivals? Are you, are you attracted by them? I think it's incredibly important, incredibly important. I remember going to a Download Festival 2009. That was my first proper heavy metal festival. And uh, it's not necessarily indicative of heavy metal fans, but there was so many beer cups, the, the, you know, the plastic beer cups, all the um, trays from the food were just left on the floor. As soon as the headliner finished, you could see the house lights go up and you could just see the amount of rubbish on the floor. And it is a little bit dispiriting. Um, after seeing you know, an incredible headline actually you just see all the rubbish on the floor and all of the uh, you know the people that work really really hard behind the scenes have to then go and pick it up but uh, I went last year 2019 and it wasn't like that at all so in the space of just 10 years you can see just how much you know having a green focus and being environmentally friendly has on the festival environment and I think it's you know it's definitely the way forward mm. I'd be interested to see what Reading's like these days. I haven't been for a long time. I, I last went 2008. It was kind of a, a rite of passage to get to when you get to 16, 17 mm -hmm. um, to start going. Um, but I just remember getting to the end of the festival and people be there'd be tents on fire. There'd be gas canisters everywhere. There's just there's just rubbish everywhere, and it just makes it like a horrible place to be. It felt apocalyptic almost, and I can't imagine it's the same now. I, I don't think they'd get away with kind of allowing that to happen now but every kind of major festival I've been to in the last few years just seems so much tidier there's so much more effort made to to kind of leave these sites how they were before the organizers arrived and there's incentives like you say with the cups mm. I think more could be done with the cups over here I've noticed it is better in other countries mm. I think there could be more of an incentive um, because at the moment it kind of just feels like it's something for the kids to do. If that makes sense. It's it's kind of you don't or see all the alcoholics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when I went to Download last year, they um, 
they would initially charge you for the cup that you bought. I think it was like a £2.50 charge when you buy your initial beer. And then um, you would then keep that on you for the rest of the day. So you would get a discount on subsequent beers. So there was definitely, you know, less cups around because people wanted to, you know, not have to pay £2.50 or £3 or however much it was to then go and get another cup, which would then take your, your beer price to sort of, you know, £8, £8.50, £9. So there, there was definitely some people that were just gripping onto their cups for dear life throughout the, uh, the whole day. But, it, you know, ultimately it made it a much more greener festival and a much more enjoyable experience for me. Yeah, I, I think there's a good mix of incentivization and awareness and probably plenty of people at home have seen Blue Planet and stuff like that and these floating icebergs of plastic, so I think everyone's more aware of it. Um, I don't know if I actually introduced the festival that won this award, so um, I better do that. So Open Air St. Gallen in Switzerland um, is the winner of the Green Operations Award um, this year. Um, Again, Switzerland, I don't know much about the festival scene, but it's an incredibly beautiful place, judged by some of the research I have done. And a bit about Open Air St. Gallen, is it was founded in 1977, and it's an hour away from Zurich Airport, so um, not that far to get to. Um, I think we've discussed a lot about the sort of issues around being green, so um, we'll leave it there for Open Air St. Gallen for now, but it's definitely a trend which I think will continue. Moving on to one of the last festivals um, to win a major award is Opener Festival in Poland. Um, congratulations for Best Major Festival. Um, it's in Gdynia, which is um, on the north coast of Poland. Uh, and I know it because I went um, for Stagdu, um, my own, uh, in, in 2017 um, with a couple of friends. And I had a really good time. Again, I guess highlights are the lineup for me at the time. Um, Foo Fighters, Radiohead, um, Royal Blood were probably one of the standout acts, actually. The Weekend, the XX, um, Profits of Rage were great value during the daytime. Um, that festival is held on an airport and it's quite cheap as well. So, again, I, I would highly rate Opener from, from my own experience. Um, do you guys know any festivals in Poland or have any interest in? Um, I guess going to a major festival as they classify them what, what's the difference between a, a major and a minor festival in terms of your level of interest I think with a lineup like that you know you can't help but not be interested I mean Radiohead you know one of the best bands in the world um, you know The Weeknd is a huge pop star Lord was there as well from what I recall um, you know I, I don't see why you wouldn't go it's just so close to the UK for me it was only uh, an hour hour plane ride hour and a half plane ride um, so then, the major festivals are the draw of the they get the big acts I guess compared to definitely definitely I think that's yeah, a huge draw they're all they're all kind of headliner size aren't they mm. um, if, you, if you were to compare that to say the year I went to Glastonbury Foo Fighters Radiohead um, The Weeknd the XX I they're bigger than Kasabian and Arcade Fire, aren't they? For mm. for that kind of size festival, and the fact that these these bands are open and spread across mm. different stages, and um, yeah, I think they've done well to get such big names. I suppose those acts will only visit Poland or Romania maybe once in the year, whereas they're much more likely to come to the UK for a, a full tour. 
um, or you know, if they do do a Europe-wide tour, then they're only going to do one date in perhaps the biggest stadium. So, I think as a, as a, a Polish resident, to be able to go to a festival like that that has such a big draw for those big acts, you know, you, you have to go. <laughs> You're doing yourself a disservice if you don't go to something <laughs> like that. Yeah, definitely. I, I think um, just a, a, a memory from me is, or, or the bits which stood out was it is on an old airport and I'm sure that's the festival where you still have flights going overhead. Um, I better check that with Mark who was on, on the first show. But speaking of Mark, he used to, he couldn't pronounce any of the Polish names. We weren't um, particularly good at any, any Polish really. Um, but um, he did call one of the beers American Psycho because he couldn't pronounce it. I think it was. <laughs> um, so it just became the American Psycho beer um, and he asked for that every single time. Um, and always got a very confused face looking back at him. That sounds like a, a sort of a light 3% IPA, the American Psycho. Am oh, I wrong there? Oh, I wrong? Um, yeah, I didn't realize, 9%. Like, <laughs> knock, <laughs> knockout, I think. Wow. Yeah, it was really good. It was really good. Um, so, so thanks to American Psycho IPA beer. Um, okay, moving on to the final uh, couple. Uh, just... The, the Lifetime Achievement Award has been issued to Wacken uh, Open Air Festival, which I, I pronounce Wacken, I think that's completely wrong. Um, so Holger Hubner and Thomas Jensen have got a Lifetime Achievement for that. The reason I wanted to look at this festival is because it's a metal festival. It's one of the biggest from um, what I've seen in the world. And um, I think it's just worth having a quick look at the trailer and then having a quick chat about it. They dress like Graham, I think, I've, I've noticed. Lots of, lots of black, lots of tattoos. Graham is wearing grey. He's wearing grey today. That's, that's faded that black. slander. It's like black. Those guys are drinking hearts. I do think I'd fit in. I mean, it, it looks like a metal festival. I'm sure it, it smells like a metal festival. <laughs> in the 2020 um, official trailer that we're watching, we've also got um, some sort of Native American Indian vibe going on as well, which is a bit scary. That's awesome. Fire, you've got to have fire at a metal festival, I guess. It's a prerequisite. Uh, motorbikes, drumming on beer, uh, more fire. Crowd surfing in inflatable dinghies. Girls in black leather bikinis. Aztecs, I'm not sure about this bit. Patches. Ooh, patches, patches on jackets. Denim. denim. An overriding theme of denim I'm yeah. getting from this video. Yeah, I'm up for this. Awesome. I mean, from, from my experience, metal fans make the best festival audiences. Absolutely, I mean, I've been to Download three times, I've been to Sonosphere, rest in peace. Uh, Sonosphere. Sonosphere yeah. was great. I think we went the same year, was it 2011 we went? Uh, no, you went the year before, I believe. Yeah, 2010 I went. Uh, so I went 2011, so rest in peace to, uh, to Sonosphere. Um, they're definitely, yeah, they're incredibly friendly bunch. I've never experienced any trouble going to a metal festival, despite what you 
you may think when you watch a video like that everybody is unbelievably friendly yeah and just the, the level of fandom as well like these mm. people love these bands so much and to the point where you can run downloads every year see me it seems to me anyway they run download every year with Iron Maiden Metallica System Def Leppard Slipknot every now and then just kind of on this on rotation yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's I mean, it still sells. Yeah. It's hard not to get carried away when you see people who are so into a particular niche like heavy metal and then all of its subgenres as well. It's hard not to get carried away yourself um, by enjoying enjoying the show that's that's on stage. I think, the, I think the friendliness is a big deal. You go to these festivals and just kind of... It's a community, isn't it? It's, it's just everyone's kind of just there to have a good time. And that's what you need when you're going to a, especially to a, a festival in Europe as well where you may not be a native speaker of the language there will be somebody that speaks your language whether you're from Poland or Belarus or you're flying in from the UK there will be somebody who can help you out you've got this one thing in common with, with everybody there and it's usually a black dress coat <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's also a laser focused lineup as well which is you know, a huge draw from people all over Europe when you're so invested in, in that particular genre and you have the capability to bring in the best bands from that genre all over the world, you're going to attract a lot of people and that's why they've got the, the Lifetime Achievement Award for putting on a festival that just continually delivers year on year. Well, Backen is definitely on the list if you're a metal fan. Um, it's in northern Germany, north of Hamburg. Um, and this year is already sold out, so uh, I think that speaks for itself. Um, so congrats to Vakken Festival. Um, just to finish off then, uh, we'll just touch on the newcomer of the year is Billie Eilish, um, and she's obviously just recorded the Bond soundtrack, um, which I think is brilliant. But I don't know much about her, but um, I just wanted to ask, you know, what do you guys know and like about Billie Eilish? Fans want to see her on a lineup in future? Biggest pop star in the world, I think. I don't think that's too controversial to say at all. I mean, she's huge. <laughs> she's just sold, was it sold out however many nights at the O2, um, you know, quick as you like. Um, and it, what is incredible to me is it's such a meteoric rise because we saw last year she was announced for Reading 2019 and she was announced on the second stage, uh, not even headlining, she was below Muramasa. Uh, and then in the intervening period where the lineup was announced in January, February and the festival taking place in August they had to bump her up to the main stage um, to third or fourth from top and even then I think that's pretty low down, probably couldn't put her higher up because of uh, contractually the bands at the top have to be at the top but if they could have put her at headliner I'm sure they would have, uh, yeah. Would have. but yeah I mean, <laughs> biggest pop star in the world I think that's my opinion. If she's playing anywhere this year she'll be very very popular and a bit I mean it's not it's not on the same level at all but um, a few years ago years and years were had a very very successful summer and they were quite low down the lineup and they quite quickly had to accelerate them to a bigger stage because they had a few good songs that Billie Eilish is on a whole different level so um, yeah fan Graham yeah I, I, I like what I've heard I've had the album on a couple of times um, I, I just appreciate the fact that it's it's a bit different to what you'd expect from kind of mega pop star at the, at the moment she's just kind of broken mold a little bit and I think that's I think that's exciting I think that it's exciting that, that people are, are getting into that and buying into it 
um, kind of changes, likely to change what's going to come next, I think. Is there anybody that's doing what she is doing right now, musically, that hasn't obviously taken influence from what she's released already? I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, I listened to the new Hayley Williams album, and um, you know, I think it's a fantastic um, five-track album. Um, I saw someone on Twitter that said it was, it was like she's listened to Billie Eilish once and then just taken everything that uh, <laughs> Billie Eilish has done. And that's perhaps a little cold, but <laughs> you can definitely see the influence that you know, her brand of pop has had on you know, even major pop stars that we think of, like Hayley Williams. Yeah, incredible, incredible. Excellent. So another deserved entry, um, Billie Eilish for Newcomer of the Year. And that's everything um, on this show, which is the European Festival Awards 2020. Um, my rundown with Ash and Graham. So I want to say thank you both. Um, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was fun. You're very welcome. Um, and again, for lineups and travel information, please do come to festivalinsider.com. Um, submit your own listings. Um, and if you're a business, please also submit your own listings and create your own events so that we know um, what's going on when we visit your country for your festival this year. That's providing a certain named virus doesn't spoil everything for us. Um, so thanks again, um, Graham and Ash, and thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.